Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. Welcome to another episode of Mean Ages. I am your host, Madeline West, and I am here with the excellent and very erudite Angela Murray. How are you today, Ange? I do not know what that word means, but excellent I will take. Excellent. Let's just stick with excellent then, shall we? Erudite means learned. Anyone out there who's curious or doesn't have a dictionary to hand, we have an excellent question today from a lovely parent out there. Let's check it out. So lately my son's been a lot more aggressive and he's just having these angry outbursts. And I know it's probably just hormones and, and normal teenagehood. God, I was an angry teenager myself. But um, I just, yeah, I, I worry. I take it personally sometimes and I, I worry that you know, maybe something deeper is going on and I, I don't know how, you know, how do we get through this? There you go. In the aftermath of COVID, who doesn't have an anger problem, who isn't feeling emotional? And I think it's hit our teens more than anyone else out there. And why would a teen have an anger problem? Is there such a thing? What is it about our teens that could prompt them to have an anger issue? Well, let's just start saying it's unlikely that they have an anger issue. And anger isn't necessarily an issue. Anger is an emotion. Anger is an inherent emotion that every human neurotypically has yep. in their body. And what are they prompted by? What are emotions generally prompted by? Well, emotions are prompted by an internal or external situation um, or event. They are a body reaction that happens automatically without us sort of consciously creating them. Right. And so what does the body generally do in response to anger, to feelings of anger? I guess anger in its primary form indicates that it's something that we would like to be different. You know, it's something that's not okay for us and something needs to change. Mm -hmm. They say that babies wouldn't crawl if it wasn't for anger that level of anger and frustration that motivates the change of state. So we can't say it's wow. a bad thing. So it's almost a necessary evolutionary tool. Without that sense of dissatisfaction with the current situation, you're not going to be prompted to strive harder. And change your situation. Right. But what does a parent do when they've got a kid whose primary emotion is, aside from just sullenness <laughs> and moping, is anger? 
I guess that stepping back and instead of just looking at anger as the one that needs to be managed or changed, it's actually acknowledging that my child has a huge range of emotions and the more that they understand them, the more that they're comfortable with them, their emotions and their feelings, the stronger they're going to be when they're an adult, the stronger they're going to be on the other side of the tumultuous journey that is adolescence. And so if we focus on just anger, when we spend our time trying to understand, change, manipulate, to make ourselves more comfortable, yeah, we're missing the whole spectrum. So is this emotional intelligence you're talking about, understanding what emotions are and why you're feeling them and how to manage them? Yeah, emotional awareness is what comes to mind, just an acceptance, emotional acceptance, awareness, and, yeah, some understanding of what are my needs based on what emotion am I feeling? What could my child's needs be based on the emotion that they're experiencing? Right. Okay, so I want to imagine everyone has an emotional bucket and they're the same size, they don't get bigger or smaller as life gets more stressful or less right. stressful. During adolescence, the parent can be less responsible for emptying the bucket like it can with a younger child. The teen is actually becoming more responsible for emptying their own bucket as they gradually move away from the parent. But at the same time, what's happening for teenagers is this onslaught of hormones, this onslaught of cognitive development, the stress from school, the changes in demands on them academically, socially, the expectations of parents at home, the changing of their bodies. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I'd love to deny it, but any change of your body really is a great source of stress. Oh, absolutely. We all know that when we try to put on a pair of skinny jeans and the bun doesn't do up anymore. I have to lie on the bed and they still don't do up. You have to put on a second pair of spanks. Anyway, I'm that's just me. waking up with a spot now. <laughs> like if I get a spot, it can blow my whole mood for the morning. Yeah, and we're not necessarily going to a peer group, the same peer group every day who are our world, like our teens are, mm. and kind of having to face up, be your best. That's it. They're going out. Their greatest motivation through their teenage years is to be accepted by their peers, to mm. feel connected and to grow socially. You will love them. You're their parent, whether they have a spot or not. They don't care about that. They're going out into this world where they're surrounded by all the other people that are intensely important to their self-esteem, to their self-worth. And so at this time of their life, it's one of the greatest times for what they call rejection sensitivity. When they're actively looking for signs that they're going to be rejected. So they're misinterpreting ambiguous clues, signs, And seeing it immediately as a negative. And seeing it as a negative. Yeah. They're holding this all day and they're also doing it with their parents. They're thinking, I'm not good enough as it is. And so their lack of achievement at school or based on what they think is a lack of achievement, based on what they think other people are expecting them to do, even if you're not, what they're thinking is generally quite negative about themselves. Yes. And the expectations they believe in every area of their life are usually quite high. And have you found, is it something that you see in your practice that often if a teen has a problem, even if you offer a solution, they will still go, but that won't work because of this, 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 and this won't work because of this, 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 et cetera, et cetera, so that it becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy? I guess very rarely am I offering solutions. Right. Well, my number one, no, it could be just anywhere in number one to ten, actually. 
But one of those numbers, advice would be don't look for solutions. Don't look for solutions. Just let them sort it out for themselves. Problem solving as an adult is a very important skill. What we Mm. can do is scaffold our teen to problem solve by using their emotional experience, using their feelings, using their fears to sit with them and give them that sort of space, feedback, reflection and questioning to help them figure out what it is they actually need to do in this situation. They generally know. And the worst thing is they're going to get it wrong. And that's not that bad. So, I mean, in extension to all of the contributing factors that you mentioned then that would cause anxiety and anger, we cannot overlook the pandemic and the effect that that has had on our teens or the things that they normally do and normally enjoy. They've been stuck at home in the house. So I'm, I'm, I'm certain that's a contributing factor. But why is it anger, as this parent has identified, why is it anger that they so frequently go to? Well, they're spending a lot more time in their heads than they are outside their heads, thanks to COVID. And we all know that when we spend too much time in our head, it doesn't usually end well. Never. Never. (laughs) (laughs) And so we're spending a lot of time in there where we end up as feeling quite threatened, whether we're threatened by our position in society based on how I look, how my friends connecting while I'm not involved, Um, everybody else must be talking because no one's on any of my social messaging groups, but they can't all not be talking to each other. So they get in their head, they make up stories. And once we feel threatened enough, we go into the fight and flight response. Right. So there's our sort of withdrawal, fear, move away and reactivity, anger. Gotcha. Okay. So either they get sullen and withdraw, which we've all seen, or they get angry. They get angry and they're not going to walk out of their room and look for you and attack you. Think about that. Like think so about how many times. into their lair saying, are you okay? Or could you clean up your room? That is often the prompt. Yeah, so imagine that bucket we were talking about and pile all those emotions, all those worry thoughts, all those stresses into it and all of a sudden it's extraordinarily full and there's no space at the top. Yep. And then you say to them, did you put your socks in the laundry? <laughs> It doesn't matter what it is. It's the sock that overflowed the bucket. And that's it. It doesn't actually matter what it is. I still remember getting the wrong curry and throwing it against the wall because it was the thing that overflowed It was the last straw. It was the thing. Yep. And do our teens have smaller buckets than we as adults have? Is that something to be aware of? They don't. They just have more perceived stresses? No. They have less cognitive capacity to separate themselves. They have less cognitive capacity to stand outside and reevaluate what's actually happening. They have a greater deal of social stress or perceived importance of social stress. It's one of the huge stresses as a human because Mm. our integration and involvement and acceptance into a tribe is survival. It's life or death. It's life or death. So they do have that as an extra stressor in their bucket, but they also just don't have the cognitive skills to empty their bucket. And a lot of their strategies they use to empty their bucket actually end up refilling their bucket. And you know what? We all do this as adults as well. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Can you give us an example of a strategy that used to empty their bucket, which could, would then refill it? Let's use avoidance. Okay. That's got some homework to do. Oh, I'm going to go out and do something else because I'm feeling stressed about it. So I'm going to move away from it and like I don't have it anymore. Oh, when I come back now, it's due in five minutes and I haven't done it. And now it's created a stress because it never really left my bucket. I just didn't think about it for a minute. Right. So there's an, a really big one. Going out and partying all weekend, avoiding coming home to be around your parent or your messy room you had to do or the assignment or any of those things. Yeah. Uh, drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. To numb that connection with something that you don't want to face, shopping online, anything, so the, right. social so there's media. There's a long list yep. there that if all parents out there, all adults out there generally could appreciate. So given that you've just noted that their go-to is often anger, when is anger unacceptable? When is their expression of anger a problem? Well, I guess... We can't know that until we've managed ourselves in the situation. Mm. So first we calm down, we notice what we're uncomfortable with and we prepare ourselves. It's like, oh, I've noticed that actually for me I'm more uncomfortable with deep sadness. Like I found that much more difficult to see in my children than anger because with anger I was like, oh, clearly they're just telling me they're pissed off about something and that's <laughs> okay. We can we can talk about that. Yeah. But deep sadness it was just like, Oh, let's just make that go away. And I was like, oh, "Oh, this is my stuff. You know, clearly sadness wasn't as looked after or as seen in my family system. And so for me, I move away from that. So it's just this getting to know yourself and like starting to think, what emotions do I feel less comfortable around, whether it's in my friendships, whether it's in my personal intimate relationships and with my kids. And once you recognise that, then you can pick up when your kid's angry and that big feeling in your own body and go, oh, this is my discomfort. I just need to calm this down because I can't be around it until I feel safe. Wow. So you get your body safe. Yep. And then all of a sudden the anger is less threatening. What if there's threats to physical health? What if there is physical harm being inflicted upon whether it's yourself, other siblings, or themselves, is there a point at which you call it and go, hang on, now this is a problem? Oh, absolutely. The safe expression of anger, I guess it's a really important lesson for everyone to understand, and I guess that's what we're doing as a parent too. Rather than yelling and reacting and modelling that when we're angry we lash out, we can stop and say, I'm angry right now. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling really frustrated But if they're physically hurting someone, if they're too big for you to stop them, move away. Okay. Yes, they have noticed you're really angry. I'm feeling unsafe. I'm just going to step away and just move away. They don't need to give you a clear answer that they've understood you. I want you to imagine them as a volcano. Once they've overflowed, the eruption is quite big. And it means that their brain and messy. is having a very big response. But the quickest way to turn off the fire alarm volcano system is safety. 
and that's in their own body, that's in the environment. So if we actually remove our voice, if it's agitating them as a stimulus, that's creating more safety. Mm. If we put the pet into their bedroom, that's going to drop their whole body into a place of compassion and empathy with no threat. Yeah. They're going to soften. They don't want to be erupting like a volcano. I know I don't enjoy it. I think I do for a second, but I don't. And they don't either. They feel out of control. Yeah. The body's really having a big response and they can't come back to themselves. And it's frightening for them. You'll get a lot of teens that say, I think there's something wrong with me. I get really, really upset and I can't calm myself down. And it is so lovely to say to them, it's okay, it's normal. And so I think that coming back to the naming of the emotion, us just acknowledging it. And before when you said, you're really angry, never tell them what they're feeling. It looks like you're really upset. Is that what's happening for you? So it's just checking in because they don't want to be told. They want to be the expert on them. Hmm. Let's face it, they're teenagers. Let them be the expert. Play a bit dumb. It looks like you're a bit agitated. You know, you seem, you're stomping around the house. I'm just wondering if something's going on for you or you're just enjoying the stomping because sometimes I like stomping. Yeah, it's great fun, especially if you're in muddy puddles. Yeah. So if you, you mentioned earlier that a teen tactic is often avoidance. They'll just go away and retreat into the bedroom. And if you then go into their space, then you are asking to prompt the next step, which is the aggravation or the aggression. So if you've asked them, you know, I'm seeing that you're a bit upset right now and they're just giving you a, I don't want to talk about it kind of response. Do you persist? Do you keep asking? Or do you, at what point do you go, okay, I think they're ready to hear me now? How would you feel if you were really cross and pissed and someone said, how are you feeling? And you said, look, I don't want to talk about it. And they pushed. I'd be like, shut up. Yep. Please move away. So really just yeah. respect their space for till the next morning. Or I'm just thinking for any parent out there who's really worried and doesn't know what to do. I guess it's the persistence too. Like sometimes there are mood disorders. Like you yep. can't deny that. And those big feelings and big emotions, if they're interrupting with their functioning and they have been so for more than two weeks, take them to their GP. So that's the critical component here, isn't it? That if their anger or any emotion is no longer socially acceptable or acceptable within the framework of your family, that's the time to call in professional help? Yeah, when it's interrupting with their functioning yeah not if it's interrupting with your expectations of what a teenager or a good teenager should be because they're not going to be good all the time they're not perfect no, not no one is right <laughs> no yeah, one is they're, yeah they're struggling and giving them food making sure they're getting a lot of sleep sleep is imperative for them to be able to regulate their emotions but naming their emotion is the quickest way to diffuse and turn off using language their fire alarm system saying oh you look like you're really upset or you look like you're really angry do you need anything you know and if they say yeah really really pissed off mum you can say that must be really difficult let me know if you need some help I'm just gonna be here mm-hmm. and just stand back and let them and often offer safety just offer safety yeah just be safe yeah um which is really hard and if you're upset there's two volcanoes <laughs> And, you know, you can clearly see that that's not going to go well. That's a lot of lava to clean up afterwards. 
We'll be back next week with more Meanagers, but you can keep the conversation going by joining us on Instagram. We're Meanagers Podcast. You'll find a link in the show notes and in our bio to help you leave a voice message about your Meanager troubles so you can be part of the show. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.